Hey everybody, it's Matt Powers. I'm a gardener, seed saver, family guy. And I want to talk to you today about some regenerative practices, some insights that I've had. So a lot of people talk to me in my courses about how they've been master gardeners, they've been gardening for decades, and these pieces that I've introduced to them have changed how they interact with the garden, have changed their gardening experience. And so I want to talk to you about this because a lot of us are experienced gardeners but we are looking for that next level, that next step to be more like nature. Because as Mark, you know, Mark Shepard always says, nature doesn't have any inputs. It, you go to the forest, there's no like NPK input, to, you know, never needed any inputs. It's all part of this cycle, this system. So how do we grow and partner and work with nature? How do we, you know, align with nature? How do we grow like nature? Well, the first step is we need to observe and study. So we need to go out, we need to experience nature, we need to carefully observe nature, and then we need to study. So we need to look at what people have discovered in the past, what people are working on right now, and we need to get, get through their lenses, and then we'll be able to see from all these different perspectives. And then we'll be able to get closer to what nature is trying to show us. <laughs> We're always going to be learning from nature. Nature's always changing and adapting. And so we have to, too. And so we're always going to be following, the, you know, the great teacher nature. But it's going to re rely upon this observation and study. And then the second part is alignment. So we want to match what we do with the patterns of nature, right? So we want to align ourselves up so that we're part of that cycle so that we get that same gain or yield. And so what does that mean? What does that really mean, right? So we need to align ourselves with our climate. You gotta grow the apple trees that do well in your climate. You gotta grow you know, the, the, the native perennials and annuals that really excel in your climate. We have to align our gardens to the solar path, right? We have to align our gardens to deal with maybe water pressure or wind pressure. You know, we need to understand all these different energies on our site. And then we may even need to align ourselves with the social climate too, right? In order to get things through and pass in our region or in our, in our apartment building or wherever we are. And so the, the last one is, you know, taken from David Holmgren, is to accept feedback. Not that it's his concept. It's a concept that is enduring and, and it's really part of education and always has been. Uh, when we reflect, we take on feedback, we take on our own observations, re-observations, and we begin to reshape how we perceive things and then how we are going to redo things, how we're going to do things now. It's an adaptive, really critical component of learning that if we don't have like if we don't have a reflection in our learning, we are not encoding it to the deepest level. We're not connecting it deeply enough to our why, to our real necessities. It's a really powerful thing. So as an educator, I, I, I'm, I'm all about this. But this is also the way we work and partner with nature. So it's a cycle. So we start with study, you know, and we start with observation, and then we go to alignment. We attempt all these different methodologies. And there's so many now. And then we accept feedback. We're going out there, we're measuring, hopefully. We're observing, we're, we're trying to understand what we did. Was it effective? 
Was it detrimental? What, what can we do to do better this next time? What can we ramp up? What can we scale up? What can we make even more centropic? You know, what can we, where can we generate the most life and the most stability and balance in this system? So that would be the general cycle, the cycle of nature that we're trying to participate in. That's our pathway. And then we've got all these methodologies that we've done it. We've done it, right? So some of these methodologies are the STUN method. Have you guys seen the STUN method? Okay, so Mark Shepard came up with the STUN method, which is strategic, total, utter neglect. And it's strategic because you can't always do it. You can't always, you know, expect to, you know, put a, a tree in a situation and not have to give it some support or some setup in the environment so that it gets the support it needs. And this could be, you know, in a classroom, right? You know, you could leave children alone and allow them to thrive if they've got all the tools there to be successful to a certain degree. You gotta be strategic with it, right? So when we plant our trees, we strategically plant them. So we know that they're gonna get water. Maybe we do it on our swales because they're tree planting systems. Maybe we do it along the rips if we're doing the key line rip system. And then, Maybe we don't, we don't actually water them or amend them. Maybe because we prepared the field with a cover crop, you know, did manure or we did compost. And then, and then we have it set up so the earthworks are there to capture water and it's timed right with the climate so that we're putting those trees in right with the rain or right when it's dormant in such a way that we don't need to do anything else. Nature takes over the natural inclination and instincts of that plant, the design unfolds beautifully. And we end up getting the most resilient plants, the best genetics possible. And this does, you know what I mean? This, you're gonna have to take out the weak ones and nature will take out the weak ones with you. So you'll, you'll see which ones to do. All right, so throw so. This is an incredibly powerful system. Only the vigorous survive. Only the vigorous rooting seeds that get thrown on the surface that escape bird predation are the ones that survive. So this is a great selection method. It's also easy, saves energy, saves time. You can, if, if, you're, if you're a little bit worried, you can rake them in. You can throw some and then rake it in a little bit. Or you can go pass over and throw some light mulch over it. Or if it's really crazy bird pressure, you get one of those shade cloths, you know, and you put it over the seeds after you throw so and let it, well, you put some mulch down too, so there's a barrier, and then, then you put that down, and then you put the sh shade cloth down, and then what happens is you end up creating this little incubation safety net. It's a net, <laughs> and then you peel it back, you know, maybe a few days later, maybe a week later, depending on how vigorously they sprouted, and then suddenly, your protected seeds in your bird area have passed that, and maybe you've mixed in things that are inedible to kind of throw them off, you know, get clever. You can do some amazing things. All right, dry farming. This is farming without water. Obviously, in some areas, this is really easy because you have, oh, I had an alarm. All right, so dry farming in some areas is very challenging though. Iowa, you know, they get those regular rains. Missouri, they get regular rains usually. And dry farming can make the most powerfully drought-resistant seeds, you know, for your region. Sounds like someone's having fun over there. All right, so the best seeds from the worst areas. So we want our winners, where it's hardest and they're succeeding and they're amazing. These are the ones 
that you want to promote. These are the ones that are your winners. All right, uh, and that's a Sepp Holzer concept. Broad forking, not tilling. So when we till, we pulverize the soil and we end up mashing it up, mashing it up, and then we mash up all the fungi too, and all those beautiful highway internet of the soil, we destroy. And so all that, that nutrient you know, transportation is gone. We have to restart over and so bacteria you know, blooms and starts trying to glue everything back together to prepare for the fungi to come back and then take those together and link them all together to create the soil structure. So broad forking goes deep, aerates, loosens the soil, but it doesn't pulverize. It doesn't mix the different layers. So broad forking, and you know, you can do ripping, you can do key line. There's a lot of things you can do without inverting, mixing, pulverizing the soil. All right, compost and natural inputs. If you're near the ocean, seaweed is an amazing amendment. It's a traditional amendment, and it also gives you, you know, bioavailable nutrients and minerals that you know, are very costly, and you can get them from the ocean for pretty darn cheap and free if you're close enough, and you can go and drive and gather it, and you're allowed to forage in your area. The reality is, all the soils that have eroded have eroded into the ocean, and all the mountains that have melted into the ocean, all those minerals are trapped in the fish and, 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 and the plants and the phyto. All those things are so mineral rich, that's why people eat them, you know, are so healthy, unless it's, you know, fish that's contaminated with mercury or other toxins, which is also a reality. That's why I haven't eaten fish or anything like that. I have focused on eating what they eat, which has lower concentrations of the toxins. But they sequester tons of carbon and nitrogen and all these nutrients and minerals that are so desirable that our soils are missing and we're missing from our diets thus. So we need to take them as supplements. We need to maybe use them as you know therapy, beauty uh, th uh, products like AMAC Beauty, amazing example. And we could be bringing them into our garden. So compost is amazing. You might be bringing in seaweed. You might be bringing in local animal manure. You might be, you know, bringing in lichens and other things like that for the nitrogen. The sky is the limit with, you know, natural inputs. There's so many there to be had, even all the way in the air. You know, we're pulling it out of the sky. We're pulling that nitrogen out of the sky. We're partnership with rhizobia bacteria, with the nodules and the roots of legumes. You know, it's all there. It's all happening. So partner with natural inputs. And like I said, make polycultures. So include those legumes, include that mulch, mulch crop, include that crop that sequesters tons of phosphorus. I'm talking about radishes, right? Yeah, those daikon radishes, they sequester tons of phosphorus, right? So if we have plants that are sequestering the nutrients that we need, if we're bringing in natural amendments that are bioregional, we're gonna get the things that were lost in that watershed that went right down to the sea and we're bringing it right back. It's an incredible process. We can use this polyculture to trap that and cycle it, to enhance it. These are companion plants. These are polycultures. You know, these are plant guilds. These are beneficial groupings of plants that support each other, just like nature does. You know, we see all these guilds happen all the time in nature. We see, you know, there's the oak, there's the cedar, there's the, you know, blackberry, there's, you know, all these different things that are working in this this like little field out in front of me, they're all working together and they're exerting pressures on each other. Sure, the, the trees want to spread back in because this land was cleared. The brambles are preparing that. Part of a 
you know, a, a succession, you know, into the forest. And so we can partner with that. We can take a moment of that, analyze the soil, look at it under a microscope. We can take the fungi from that scenario and inoculate our compost with it. And then we could keep that going and kind of hold it in the zone without going too far. Man, I got so many alarms, I gotta shut them off while we do these lives. So, thank you so much. I just wanna review that we need to observe and study if we want to partner with nature. We need to get aligned with nature. We need to find out what is out there, what's waiting for us and how we can partner. And then we need to accept feedback. We need to see the reality and then adjust to meet it, you know? We need to make changes in how we act, behave, think, you know, interact, plan, design, constantly. And that's okay, nature is doing it too. We're just going with nature. There's so many methods that are being thought up every day. There's constant change happening right now in this industry. And people are learning all over the world and we're all kind of participating in it, right? There's holistic management, there's ocean farming, there's permaculture, there's regenerative design, there's key line, there's regrarians, all these different methodologies and names. We're all trying to do the same thing. We're just trying to align with nature, to partner with nature so that we can create a beautiful future for both nature and ourselves. Because without nature, there is no us. You know, we're not preparing to go to Mars just to live here like it is Mars because we've ruined it. We are instead looking, you know, at Mars as an opportunity to, you know, adapt and change and do something challenging. Uh, we can't do that, though, unless we have a stable, natural resource base here. So, if we want to reach for the stars, <laughs> we got to work hard in our gardens. We've got to grow our own food. We've got to grow our own clothing. We have to buy clothes that will compost, that will biodegrade properly and will cycle. We need to partner with nature. We need to ramp up nature. And that's what I'm trying to do with this permaculture gardening course that's coming out January 8th. We're starting January 8th, the new year. We're kicking it off. All the alumni who've ever taken permaculture gardening are going to be there and participating. We're going to have so many people, so many people who love gardening, who are experts in gardening, who have been doing permaculture gardening for years now. Uh, some of my students uh, came to me and were master gardeners. Some of them are the people I'm talking about right now. And this is a really stupendous course. This is what people consider to be my best course. And I have it for half off right now. Because you know, t now's the time of reflection. Now's the time of gratitude. So I wanna pay it forward. I wanna show you guys how much I appreciate you. I've got some incredible bonuses that are included in it. And you know, this course, Permaculture Gardening, is a collaborative course. We're, we're gonna be designing our gardens together in this group. We're gonna be getting feedback from people from all over the world, from all these different design mindsets, all these different climates, and we're going to supercharge each other with enthusiasm and excitement and design insights. And we're gonna come up with something that's better than anything anyone individually could design for you. We're gonna come up with something that is 10 times better than we could come up with ourselves. We're gonna learn together, grow together, design together, and we're gonna be ready for the spring to be the biggest 
and best, exponentially awesome, amazing garden 2018. It's going to be awesome. So I hope that you join us. This course is, is something really special. Every time I, I do this course live, I end up making a lot of new friends and I end up meeting these students and we end up doing projects together. And this is, this is a very special course. So I hope that you join us. I hope that you check it out. Click the link and see these bonuses because they're not to be missed. If you love Elaine Ingham, you're going to love it. All right. So, <laughs> so check out these bonuses. Check out this course and join us in this new regenerative year. This year, 2018, is the year that everything's going to change. It's going to be the most regenerative. Regenerative organic certifications coming. There's over a dozen books I know about that are game changers that are going to be coming out. So join us. This is your year. This is our year. This is the year we start taking back the tempo and make the momentum one of regeneration. I'm Matt Powers. Uh, grow abundantly, learn daily, and live regeneratively. And have an awesome week. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas. And I'll see you every day for the next two weeks. All right, guys, maybe we'll go longer. But for the next two weeks, every mid-morning on the West Coast, I'm going to be talking to you guys about a different thing like we talked about today. It's going to be nonstop learning. We're going to get excited for the new year. We're going to get pumped. All right, this is gonna be our year. Here we go. Have a great one.